0: Matthew chapter 17, and then find verse 14, and we'll read down through verse 21. I want to preach today on the thought of the power of prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 17, starting in verse 14. The Bible says, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. And he sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and by fasting. You can be seated this morning. Thank you so very much. This is a familiar verse of Scripture, and I have preached this passage over the years many times. And I was looking at it again this week and actually looking at it this morning before you arrived and saw some things that I had not seen before in it and thought, wow, I have not seen that before. And it's a familiar story that speaks to me as a father. Because I couldn't imagine having a child of mine battling such a spirit that was on this boy. This young boy had a spirit of suicide on him. He tried to kill himself. He tried to burn himself in the fire. He tried to drown himself and uh, just tried to take his life. And the spirit of suicide was uh, demonically inspired because this young man, uh, the word, we don't use these words anymore, but... Uh, The word lunatic has a very uh, bad connotation to it, but it simply means, the meaning of the word just means he was moonstruck, lunar. They believed that the moon had effects on the mind and on the brain and that people acted different ways because of the moon. And that's where we get the legend of the werewolf from. It's just a legend, of course, but that's where that comes from. And so he said, my boy is ill. bottom line, the young man was mentally ill. He had a mental, mentally unstable, not because he was born with a chemical imbalance or anything like that, but this was caused by demon activity. There is a difference between demon activity and sickness. There's a difference between demon activity and mental illness. For whatever reason, over the years, we have not done well dealing with people that struggle mentally. And that sickness is often hidden from us and hidden because people are uh, embarrassed or ashamed to deal with that, but the church needs to recognize the difference. But there is, I want to focus today on the thought about demon activity because it is real. There is such a thing as demon activity. I'm going to go out and I want to be candid and, and I know I'm preaching to the choir and there may be a few people here. There are a few people here I don't know personally and a few here I don't know well, but most of you I know well, and so I'm going to be comfortable in telling you that I was here praying one night on a Saturday night, and like I do a lot, and I and I like to be by myself on Saturday evenings, you know, for a couple of hours here. So I'm here, and I'm sitting right up here where in my chair, and I'm praying. And look it out over a dark sanctuary. There's no light on in here. There might have been a light on back there. I don't know. It's not important. But anyway, I saw movement in the sanctuary. And I saw something moving in the sanctuary. And at first I thought maybe it was just my eyes or something like that. And I just continued to pray and worship and but the movement never never went away. And it was it was just moving through the through the building. And so I addressed it and um, and um, knew that there was demonic activity that was going on inside the sanctuary. Or why, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't afraid, and I wasn't attacked or anything like that, but just it was here. And I think that lots of times the enemy would just like to remind you that he's there, that uh, whatever you try to do, that he's going to be there, that he's going to put a, um, a hindrance to what you try to do for, for the work of God. And the disciples dealt with, now remember when you study about the disciples, you find that early in their calling, Jesus gave them power over unclean spirits. And so they had cast out devils before. They had dealt with demonic activity before. They knew what demonic activity looked like, and they had done all of that before. But here, this was different. They were not able for whatever reason, and the Bible didn't tell us the reason other than their faith level, and I'll get to that in a moment, but it had not been built up to where it needed to be. And so they're dealing with this demonic activity and didn't fully understand what they were dealing with. But the Bible, breaking this down, the Bible says that when the daddy came uh, to to Jesus, that he presented a present need. Now, what I was saying to you earlier in the worship service that uh, there are miracle needs that are in the house, we call that a present need. Because as the word says, when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, that means he was real, it was not a made up story, a real man that knelt down at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, he's sore vexed, he throws himself into the fire and into the water. I brought him to your disciples, that they could not cure him. And so that was a very real need. He said, I, "I've done. I went through the channels. I, I went through the prayer line." You know, they called a prayer line, and I went through the prayer line. They had they had uh, prayer cloths out, and I got one for my son, and he's been carrying it around, but he ain't no better. And I'm doing everything I know to do, and the disciples. I was at a meeting last month where the disciples were preaching, and they were casting out devils there, but they're not able to help my boy. I, I don't get it. Now, I just tell you right now, Bria Church of God, there are lots of times in my life I just don't get it. I mean there's things that I see God do in places that I wish God would do here and I know that God is not a respecter of persons and there are sometimes I just don't get it. There's times that I pray for people and I just don't understand the outcome. There are times that I do everything I know to do at that very moment and I don't get why things are not turning faster than than they are. Maybe they're not turning at all. And so, yeah, I find myself perplexed too. I find myself back too. I find myself wandering as well. And I'm your pastor and I know that you all there too. I know you've been there, done that. I know that you leave your sometime, maybe not physically but sometimes at least mentally you're scratching your head and wondering when is my miracle going to come? When is my answer going to come? When is my breakthrough going to come? I've prayed, I've fasted, I come to church, I pay my tithe, I do everything I think I'm supposed to do and yet I've not yet seen God break through for me but Berea Church of God guess what there is a healer in the house there's a savior in the house there's a miracle worker in the house don't get discouraged because God hears your prayer and Jesus Christ is going to come to your rescue help me give him a praise we I mean he's going to come for you and we're going to get there just in a moment but he said I brought them and they they could not help him uh, he went to the feet of Jesus because he understood at least some authority there. He reverenced the Lord, which was a good thing, but he had a dire need. Now, there was a spiritual misperception here because, as I said, they failed to recognize demonic activity. I, um, I mean, I, I think the end of this passage will we'll sum it all up, and we'll get there at the end. I won't go there now. But we have got to be so spiritually attuned that we've got to know what we're dealing with. Would you agree with me there? Would you agree with me that there is demonic activity that we sometimes don't either recognize or we will not call it out as demonic, right? Right? I mean, I mean, just watch watch the news, and, and I know that we're not news. I mean, I know we're not dominated by the news. I'm not saying that, but I think a lot of times a lot of us do because we hear so much, we allow that to just penetrate our mind and form our thoughts and form our opinions. That we look at people and instead of saying, "Well, that's a demon," we say everything else other than that. We'll say we think it's like, "Well, they're confused." I tell you what, they're, they're confused by they're confused by a demon. And what we're dealing with today, there are, there are issues that people are ill and people are sick. I've already said that at the beginning of the, of the introduction of this message. But Berea Church of God, we are dealing today with a world that is filled with demonic activity. Now I know that a lot of time we won't buy into that because we don't we 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 think demonic activity is what we uh, like what, what I watched years ago and I've shared this many times in this pulpit. But whenever, I used to watch Jimmy Swaggart a lot. And Jimmy Swaggart had a very active ministry in Haiti. And uh, he, had a, he had video of going to Haiti and ministering to the Haitians. And Haiti is filled with demonic voodoo activity. And he, and he, and he showed a video of, uh, of how voodoo worshipers worship. And uh, they were literally, I hope this don't gross you out, but I'm going to tell you, they would take chicken, chickens and cut their necks and drink the blood out of the chicken. And, and they prayed to demons because they wanted the demons to possess them because they, according to what was taught that they thought if the demons possessed them, then they would be friends with the demon and the demon would leave them alone. So they wanted demon possession. And we think, well, uh, we, America's not, like that. It's not that radical and surely to goodness we don't have the kind of demon activity here that they have other places. So we dismiss that and yet we fail to realize and I'll just tell you, Bria Church of God, demon possessed people still exist in America. They still come to church. They still sing the songs. They still lift their hands and they go through all the motions of church folk but they come in possessed and they leave possessed because the church don't recognize what demon possession is. Church, it's time to get a little bit of boldness about us. It's time to stand up in the name of the Lord and it's time to look into the eyes of demon-possessed folks and tell them in the name of Jesus, be free. Hallelujah to God. You gotta come out of that person. You cannot possess them or have them any longer. Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. And if God is for you, then who can be against you? Oh, somebody help me praise him this morning. I'm telling you, it's time to stand up with Holy Ghost anointing again. And be able to just say, to uh, recognize the demonic activity for what it is. And not be so that, uh, let me just uh, throw a a plug out. I know we're going to get to the end in a minute. But fasting sharpens your spiritual mind. That is one reason why fasting is so important. Now listen, I mean, look at me. I'm I'm five foot nine and a half and weigh 245 pounds for goodness sakes. I mean, I'm not a skinny man. I, I like to eat. I enjoy food. But sometimes we can eat so much that our minds are just—they're—they just become foggy, and we eat when we're not hungry. We just fill ourselves with food, and we're full all the time. And we—and energy is lost, and all—all all the rest. And we find ourselves just lethargic and sitting around with remotes in our hand. When all the time, what fasting does is sharpens your brain, it sharpens your spiritual, uh, your mentality, and it allows you to be able to see into the spirit world that you cannot see without it. That's why fasting is so important it builds your faith in almighty God so join the, join the fasting club this week I mean this month spend some time seeking God with fasting and prayer they did not see the demonic activity and because they did not recognize the demonic activity their ministry was a failure the man came to Jesus and notice in the text called him sir Sir is a civil greeting, but not a not, not recognizing the divinity of Jesus. So first of all, that if you want a move of God, you've got to see God for who he is. You've got to have the kind of respect and relationship with God that you see him for who he is and see him for what he is. And then the Bible said that he's, said, I brought my boy to your disciples, but they could not cure him. I thought that was an interesting word. I thought it was interesting that the daddy said cure. He was seeking help, but he wasn't seeking God. He wanted recovery. He wanted relief, but he did not want deliverance. Now, somebody sat there for five seconds to think about what I just said. Got it? Did you think about it? He wanted, he wanted to be relief, but he didn't want it deliverance. I can't tell you, the people that stand in prayer lines, can I just get bold with you? Can I just be blunt? I, I Listen, when I, when I got saved when I was 18 years old and I was developing my walk with God, I heard preachers say things like, I'd rather ride the, the altar rail to heaven than go to hell. And I agree with that statement even to this day. I agree with that statement, absolutely. There's something powerful about being in the altar. But I want to tell you something. A lot of people are making trips to the altar continually because they're, they're not going after deliverance. They're going after relief. They want to feel better, but they don't want to be free. Hello? Anybody ever read uh, Facebook and you know you you see it all the time. People that they they just they don't want to be free because they, they like the sympathy. They 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 seek the sympathy. They seek the tears and the old oh, honey. I feel so sorry for you, an old oh, baby. How in the world do you live with all that mess? You, you know, you read this stuff like that. And there's people that come to the altar with that same thing time after time after time after time after time. It's like, don't you dare get mad at me today. It's the first of the year. We got a whole year together. Don't you get mad, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like being a diabetic and eating pie and wanting to be healed. You want a cure, but you don't want deliverance. You don't want to do what it takes to get free. You just want to be comfortable enough to get through life and eat your pie had a guy that I worked with uh, in ministry under control, and then go from there. Church, Bria, Church of God, Hear your pastor this morning, if you're dealing with something that you can't get free of, maybe it's just because you want to get comfortable, and you really don't want to be free. Somebody give me a good amen this morning. I mean, maybe you just want to get comfortable, but you don't want to be free. Maybe you just want to get a little bit of weight off of you. I mean, I'm talking about spiritual weight, and and and, and not deal with all the mess that's in your life, but Berea Church of God I'm here to tell you there's a miracle in the works I believe it, hallelujah to God there's revival in the church and I can see it, hallelujah to God I'm telling you it's time to rise up and get deliverance in the house again and and see it for what it is and deal with it in the name of Jesus and get people free again give God praise in the house we got to do it I want, to be, I want him cured, not, not free. And the disciples, this part really gets me. The disciples did ministry as usual as I see it. They, as I told you, they had the authority over demons. They had authority over unclean spirits. But here's one that I can almost see because I'm in, in ministry and I, and I know how this stuff works. I could almost see them doing what they've always done. Oh, another demon-possessed kid. Well, we cast a devil out of three kids last week. We've been doing this now for a while. Somebody grab the oil. Let's get the kid up here. Come on, boys. I'll, we'll take care of it. Come on, come on Matthew. Matthew and, and Matthias uh, 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 and Andrew will take care of it. They anoint him, lay hands on him, stand back, and the demon's still there. So they get help, get two or three other disciples. Now you got four or five over there, anointing with oil, laying hands, doing what they've always done, but nothing changing. Doing what they've always did, but nothing changing. So insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. But Jesus was going to get, I'll just jump ahead just real quick to remind us that Jesus said sometime we deal with a this kind. Sometime a this kind will not be dealt with by what you've done all the time. Sometime it takes some more, it takes some better, more devotion, more uh, of a price on our part to pay. But they just did ministry as usual and I think that God is sick and tired of the church doing what it's always done without thinking about hearing a fresh voice of God and having a fresh blow of the wind of the spirit and fresh fire falling on the body, fresh word coming out of the pulpit. I'm telling you it's time to get some freshness back into the house of God friend of mine had a falling out at his church and I don't know all the details, If he's a friend he's still a friend of mine and I don't know if the church was just being hateful or if he really had a, I don't know but they said all he does is go on the internet and I'm a, I'm a researcher I'm a studier this stuff is I mean this has all been preached by other people you know, I study the Word and I, get, I glean from what other people say and write and I read a lot and all that kind of thing. It's one thing to be a studier and it's another thing to, uh, to just copy what somebody else says. And they, they would say all he does is print sermons off the Internet. That's all he does. He prints them off the internet. I don't know if that's true. I hope it wasn't true. But they said he prints it off the internet and just preaches them as his own and says, oh, I agonize and God give me a word. And that's what they were saying about him. Again, I don't know if all that is true. But I say that to say this that what we've got to have in the pulpits of the church is fresh manna from heaven. We've got to have messages that are birthed in prayer again. Messages that are anointed of the Holy Ghost again. Messages that come from the Word of God again. Worship that is fresh, free, and flowing from the hearts of the worshiper again. We need a fresh move of God in the body of Christ again because we are dealing with demons that we've never dealt with before. few weeks ago, I was proud of myself and didn't even know I was had anything to be proud of myself for. But Dinah accuses me all the time, and she has a kind of a legitimate reason to say this, kind of. She says to me often, Stephen, you're naive. And that almost offends me. Now, I don't get offended easy, but that... I guess in husband talk, I should say that makes me angry. And I kind of rebel and buck up a little bit, and I say to her, "I ain't a bit naive. Where do you think you, where, you know, And so we have our little debate about that, but what she is saying to me is that I don't always pay real good attention, and I always look for the best. They told me they checked my blood, <laughs> and guess what my blood type is. You want to know? Be positive. <laughs> And Dinah said, oh, if that don't fit, I don't know what does. He said, that's the most positive man you'll ever meet in your life. And it's just, there was no issue. But we don't know what the future holds. We don't know who may show up just to make a show, make a scene, or to try to make us look bad filming. You don't know. You don't know. But what we've got to do is to make sure we recognize the spirits that we're dealing with. We love people, but we never deviate from the word. We don't deviate from the word if it's your son, your daughter, my son, or my daughter. We don't deviate from the Word if it's my grandchildren or your grandchildren. We don't deviate from the Word uh, no matter who it is because the Word of God is truth and will stand the test of time and eternity. I love everybody, but when the day comes that I can't preach what the Word of God says because I'm going to be called a hater, then you're, I'm just going to have to be called a hater because I love people, I love God, but I and I love this Word, and I ain't about to back up because the Word of God is truth. The Word of God brings salvation the word of God brings deliverance come on somebody help me preach a little bit will you I mean we've got to recognize it that the closer we get to the coming of the Lord we've got to recognize the spirits that we're dealing with that this is not just uh, our grandma and grandpa's church times have changed Jesus responded called them a perverse generation, said you're twisted. Your belief is not God-inspired faith. And I'm going to get as quick as I can to the altar's time of prayer. But I read this, and I was so moved by this. A twisted belief, not God-inspired faith. Did you hear that? Perverse means you have a twisted belief, not God-inspired faith. You have a twisted belief, not God-inspired faith. How you see things are twisted. What twist our faith when we allow the spirit of the age to be mixed with what we try to call biblical faith that messes up everything. It's a hybrid religion. And that's the church world is now filled with hybrid religion where we are mixing beliefs. We're mixing the ideas of the world and the thoughts of the world and try to maintain what saith the word of God and it just don't work. Jesus from heaven is calling us a perverse generation. He said, You are unbelievers. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, this whole thing that we're involved in is a building of our faith to where we just simply believe what God says. Tom, would you make your way up, please? That's why f- uh, prayer is so vital. Prayer is the fuel of faith. I've written down about eight things that makes prayer so important. First of all, prayer's important because prayer declares our need of God. The reason I ask you to pray, the reason God's word says you ought to pray, the reason Opal signs you up in the prayer room to pray Is because by doing that, you are declaring, I need God. I can't do this by myself. So I pray and seek God. Prayer declares our need for God. Secondly, we pray because Jesus prayed and we follow his example. Thirdly, we pray because the apostles prayed and we follow their example. Fourthly, we pray because the church prayed and we follow their example. We pray because Paul wrote to pray without ceasing. Paul wrote that we're to pray always. Paul wrote that we're to pray continually. I mean, Luke wrote that. And then uh, Paul wrote that we're to pray steadfastly and instantly. We pray because it's a biblical doctrine. We pray because there is no spiritual success without prayer. I'm not talking about pulpit preaching success I'm talking about your life your life will fail miserably if you don't pray you must pray you must evoke the help of God you must but what that does it also builds your faith that's why fasting is important fasting humbles us according to Psalm 35 13 Fasting chastens us, corrects us, according to Psalm sixty-nine, ten. Fasting subdues our appetites, according to 2 Samuel 12, 16. Fasting uh, is a serious thing, 1 Corinthians 7 and 5. Fasting is an act of obedience, according to Luke 5 and 33. And fasting shows that you have mastery over your flesh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Delana, will you do me a favor and please get Isaiah 58, 6 on the screen for me, please. While she's getting that ready for us, and I'm going to close out this message today. When Jesus said, this kind goes not out, but by prayer and fasting, why did he say they failed? Why did they fail? He he said it right in the Word. Why did they fail? He said, because they said, why could we not do this? Why couldn't we cure And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. He didn't say because you watch too much television, because you overeat, because you like sports too much, because you shop too much. He didn't say any of that. He said, because you didn't believe. So what does prayer and fasting do? It builds faith. See, all this is just tied beautifully together. He said that if you want the faith to to overcome this stuff, you've got to incorporate into your life times of prayer and times of fasting. Because prayer and fasting builds our faith in God. Then prayer and fasting does what? This is probably the most powerful verse in the Bible when it comes to fasting. Isaiah wrote and said, is this not speaking for God? Said, is this not the fast that I've chosen? God said, this is the kind of fast I want. I want the kind of fast that loses the bands of wickedness. A fast. A fast that causes people to get free. A fast that has people bound, but then loses them. Because fasting builds what? Faith. And so we fast to build our faith because there are bound people that have to be set free. But what are they bound by? They're bound by wickedness. They're bound by a spirit of wickedness. A spirit of wickedness that absolutely controls their life. A wicked, perverse, twisted, lost generation. That leaders are calling confused. And church, the church folk better get back to calling it possession. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. They may not like you at work. I feel for you that are teacher. I really do. You school teachers and people that are involved in, the, in that kind of public, that kind of public ministry, that public work that you're in. I feel for you. Uh, you guys are just in a cauldron of craziness. This is not a new thing, but I saw the other day a poor girl that had the headband on with cat ears, makeup painted on her face to look like a cat, a tail on her bottom to look like a cat, walking on all fours. That's where we've come to. If a boy can say, I'm a girl then why can't a girl say she's a cat? And if a girl says she's a cat, then why can't a, a husband say I can have four wives? I mean, see, there's no end to this mess. The Bible says in Genesis 6 that men's hearts were only on evil continually. That's all they thought about. Paul said that evil men are seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving many, and being deceived themselves. That's our generation. Craziness. But fasting builds faith so that when these poor, bound people, kids that think they're cats, boys that think they're girls, girls that think they're boys, Or a man that thinks that he don't love his wife anymore and is in love with another woman. That kind of mess, that kind of junk, that wickedness can be broken. Are you with me, church? Then he said, fasting that undoes the heavy burdens. Don't raise your hand, but is anybody in the house burdened today? When Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The picture there is a picture of a, of a, of a, of a burl, a donkey, that they used to carry heavy, heavy loads. That sometimes the law of Moses said, you can't put so much weight on them that they can't carry it. But sometimes they, they would put such weight on donkeys, donkeys literally would sit down. Because they couldn't stand. They just couldn't. It didn't matter how much the owners would beat them, kick them, cuss them, yank on their reins, whatever they tried to do to get the donkey to stand up. The donkey couldn't because it had too much weight on it. The law of Moses said you can't do that, but people did it anyway. And when Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, he was saying, come to me, all of you that feel like you have so much weight on you, you can't stand up. That your homes are such a wreck. Your health is such a wreck. Poverty's knocking at your door. Whatever the reason might be, you're so beat down, you can hardly stand up. And we look at you at a church service and think, man, look how great you look, man. You look wonderful. But inside, you can barely stand up. Took everything in you to get in the car today and drive to church. Took everything in you to get your, roll your feet out of the car and put it on the asphalt and walk in the building. Walked in smiling, but inside, you're heavy. You're heavy laden. You're burdened down. Prayer and fasting will bring liberty to you because it builds faith. Let the oppressed go free. And then he said to break every yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke, right? And so how does faith how, how, does, how does it fascinate in prayer? It builds faith so that the anointed of God will grow stronger in your life and the things that bind you. See, a yoke is something that's heavy on you and controlling, but a yoke always links you to somebody else. Hello. A yoke always ties you to somebody or something else. But who the sun sets free, they're free indeed. if you're all tied to somebody that's controlling your walk with God or lack of a walk with God God wants to set you free you don't need their approval you don't need their nod of support their slap on the back their atta boys, atta girls I'm telling you Jesus wants you to be free can I get an amen from somebody he wants freedom to come to your life and that's what prayer and fasting to do prayer and fasting will build faith so that God can do and will do whatever God said I want to do in people's lives. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I preached your word today. And I'm asking you to be glorified in people's lives and people's hearts right now. In the name of Jesus. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. What spoke to you today during the